Okay, good morning. Uh, everyone's been moaning that our ones where it's just us talking are oh, shit. So we need uh, guests. So Luke squared us away with a mega guest this morning. <laughs> Bit last minute, but uh, you're going to like this one. So we've got me, Luke, Ben. We also have Jonathan Payne, who um, he's recently taken part in uh, Think of Project Vertical. You'll have seen it all over, certainly contact copies, um, uh, social media. It's a pretty fucking epic thing. So I've just watched the video this morning about it. I'd seen bits, but I just watched the full video. And we'll we'll link that later, but this is this is so pretty special. So good morning, Johnny. How's it going, mate? Morning, morning. It's going well. It's going well. Starting to starting to recover slowly and uh, slot back into the real world. So uh, we're getting there. We're getting there, mate. Roger. Okay. Would well, you want to explain what Project Vertical was and uh, just a big brief background for people who haven't heard anything about it? Yeah. So Project Vertical. Uh, if you've seen the video, Fergus describes it well as being kind of two things. We we, we looked at. Um, uh, an, an epic challenge really uh, the idea was that we were going to travel up and down Ben Nevis uh, 32 times accumulating the, uh, the vertical gain of a marathon so essentially a marathon upwards um, obviously the downhills come with that as well uh, but ostensibly that, that was that was the plan but really what we're trying to do is draw people in to have a conversation to understand that, uh, that, that suffering in silence is no use uh, and that, that leads to, to the bigger problems. So we're really, really trying to look at uh, men's mental health and kind of understand the, uh, the, the issues that men might go through and then doing that in silence be, being, a, being a bigger problem than, than not. So our idea was to be up there, traveling up and down that mountain, climbing daily uh, and suffering daily, but being open and honest about it and, and inviting others around the country and through conversation to kind of, we used the hashtag climb your own mountain and, and understand that, uh, you know, suffering in silence. And, and uh, we, we've looked at a, a lot of the suicide stats and, um, and and that's an issue very close to Ferguson's heart and uh, really trying to draw attention to, to that being a wider conversation that we want to, we want to open up. Roger, okay. Uh, so background wise, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? And I don't know, you can, you can throw some stuff in about Fergus as well if people haven't heard of him. Yeah, so I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I've been I've been uh, uh, working in strength and conditioning for, for about 15 years. Um, my background is in is in combat sports, uh, so I've worked with with athletes uh, right up to to Tyson Fury, uh, Billy Joe Saunders in, in the uh, in amongst the UFC as well. So, uh, and uh, my long-standing joke is I wasn't good enough to to, to get very far, so uh, so I started to coach. So so I'm uh, I was a strength and conditioning coach in that arena for about 15 years. Uh, still am, uh, but I've also uh, taken part in a lot of extreme endurance events and uh, sort of ultra marathons and things that I've done myself just outside of, of events. And so we, I've looked after a lot of different athletes in a lot of different uh, spheres, and we, we look after what we call hybrid athletes, which are athletes that are maybe maybe looking to maintain strength uh, but do something in the endurance world at the same time. So a little bit of a niche there. Fergus uh, had come to me. I think three years ago now, uh, his background is powerlifting and rugby kind of power and strength sports. And he wanted to do a challenge for November to highlight these issues where he squatted uh, the idea that over 24 hours he was going to squat uh, half a million uh, kilos. Um, it, when, he, when he came to me, he was looking at that as a strength uh, effort and, and how would he manage that? 
Uh, and I think we understood quite quickly that was really actually a sort of an ultra endurance event. The fact that he's going to move for, for 24 hours, sure, it's, it's biomechanically squatting, but uh, we needed to think of that differently. So that's where our relationship began. Uh, and, and when he came to me, he came with this, uh, this uh, uh, sort of passionate idea that he wanted to look at men's health as being the driver behind these kind of big and, and crazy projects that he wanted to look at. And if you've seen the video, uh, you know, my, uh, my past is riddled with mental health problems, uh, some, some of which, or most of which, I, I deal with quite well, but they're still very much front and centre for me. Uh, and I've always, well... I say always, I've recently discovered that being honest about that is better for me, better for everybody else around me. So, so obviously we, we had something very much in common very quickly. Uh, and over the past two, three years, we, we've developed that relationship. Uh, I've coached him through all these things. Uh, and in this last one, we decided that was something we kind of needed to do together. And, uh, and that's how we've arrived at Project Vertical. Excellent. Okay. Right, yeah, so have, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, you mentioned like uh, you've had your own your past problems. Uh, after watching the film, there's obviously quite a few emotional points uh, between yourself and Fergus. Uh, just wondered if that's is that you reflecting on those hard times, or is that you still currently feeling those emotions and you're still dealing with them? Both, mate. Both. You know, the reflection on it. Uh, I had an interesting conversation or two up the mountain about this. One with uh, Gaz Bamford. You guys might know Gaz. Um, and part of the baggage that we carry, and I can't speak for everybody, this is my own experience, obviously, but part of the baggage that we can carry uh, is, tends to be kind of unresolved issues and, and, and maybe guilt about things we've done. I had a bit of a, a shady past, shall we say, before the, uh, before the strength and conditioning became kind of front and centre and a lot of different experiences there. So I was carrying a lot of that with me, uh, but, but they were part and parcel of the same thing. Some of my behaviours were kind of linked to mental health issues at that time anyway so both those things kind of they're always in the background and, and slowly kind of reconciling myself with that kind of stuff takes time so i would say yeah i've been reflecting on stuff like that as we go because the environment's very different to day-to-day -day life you know you've got a lot of time to think despite despite physically having to kind of push and push every day there's a, there's a lot going on in here the whole time because you know you're in your own head for a lot of that time but there are people there obviously with us and, and fergus and i were together all the time but we can't talk 24-7. So, yeah, uh, certainly there was a lot of reflection. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff attached to it as well. You know, certainly when, I think in the, in the film, you see me getting emotional in, in the truck mm. at one point. Uh, and that was that was based on, the, I was in a lot of pain. I think it was day two or day three. Uh, I've got I've got knee issues. My, my left knee's been reconstructed. Uh, <coughs> so I entered into this knowing I was going to be in, in pain really from the start. But it got it got bad got got bad fast. Maybe we'll come back to what happened on day one and day two, which kind of mm -hmm. set the scene for for a, for a hard uh, eleven days. But um, what I was worried about at that point was was kind of letting the whole project down. You know, the fact that we were doing this together was huge for both of us. But it, it spoke to the project as well. We wanted to be able to support each other through this. And by day three, the idea that I might have to stop was was weighing heavily on me. You know, which was interesting because. Uh, I was kind of suffering in silence, you know, I was, I was coming down the hill on, it must have been day three, not talking, not saying much about it, just kind of kind of trying to push through. And only when we sat down in the van and you hear our base camp manager, Doug, talking to, essentially talking to me, really, uh, did I kind of grasp the idea that talking about it was going to help it, you know, which seems ironic because that's what we were there for. But uh, 
yeah, chatting about it and the guys telling me, listen, here's the options, think about it these ways, but ultimately, you know, failure is off the table, don't, don't think about it that way. Addressed a lot in my mind, able to kind of push through. I needed a, a, a physical intervention there. You see that as well. I think there's some strapping went on and some some work on the knee itself. But uh, for the most part, it was really kind of addressing those issues in my head. You know, so so yeah. In answer to the question, uh, both me. You know, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, you know, we all carry baggage. We carry things in the head. Carry things that happened around us, but uh, tend to try and shut it down or, or not talk about it. So. I do talk about it now, but that was a kind of a moment where it, where it came out pretty heavily. So, yeah, both. Yeah, I, I, obviously, I've, I've just watched this video. I've just watched it fresh. And that's, I wrote a note while that sort of scene was happening. And it's it. It was, it was, it came, it's very obvious that that's exactly what's happening. You know, you, you can see that there's a problem and no one's really talking about it. But that, the problem that we have, at least as men, is... So you can you come across as quite hard on yourself. Would you say that was fair enough? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting no. as well. You, you tell me because uh, we, we've watched this. We've got our own emotions, and, and I can tell you how I felt. Yeah. Uh, but, but watching the film back quite interesting for me because um, you see it from a, a different perspective, but still uh. can't quite be objective about it. So I'm quite enjoying hearing how other people have seen it, and that in itself. So we're still learning. You know, there's still bits. Yeah. There. Yeah, I, can, but it's just, I was certainly frustrated. I certainly found myself, um, and yeah, I can see per, perhaps what you can see where I was. I was kind of angry a little bit, you know. I was kind of uh -huh. frustrated. I felt like I was. You wouldn't, have, you know, some of it was cut, but uh -huh. I had been saying that I, I was concerned that I would feel like uh, dead weight that I was going to hold Fergus back, you know, etc. Yeah. etc. Yeah. Et as, as you see, the film turns around. Yeah. You know, in the end, his he became physically kind of hampered and, and things, and so. You know, we learned lessons each other through that. But yeah, I, I was I was being kind of I was cross. <laughs> to say yeah, that. but it's 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 having that. It's feeling comfortable enough with yourself and comfortable enough with the person that you're with to move past that thing of letting somebody down or whatever, and feeling like a burden, like you say, and being able to be honest, knowing that the other person isn't going to judge you, and the other person is probably thinking something very very similar. You know, we all have problems and whatever. It, it, the video perfectly applies to everyday life, I thought. That's why it's, I, it's mega. It, um, people need to go and watch it. Uh, we exactly the same as, like, being able to be honest with Fergus about, you know, this. I'm having problems here, I don't want to slow you down or whatever, and then him opening up himself and saying that he's tired and he's feeling pain as well. We need to do that in daily life, you know. Yeah. It's it's about having people who are close to you and aren't going to judge you for being honest with them and having that sort of lack of ego there to say, "I'm human here. I'm having a drama." And we people come together when that happens. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. We we found that. I mean, Fergus and I have we've known each other for quite a long time. As I said, three years, uh, but three years working very closely together. So. You would have thought, and, and we, we have a, a very open communication. We do talk a lot. Uh, because of the nature of the things we've done in the past, we, we've talked about how we feel. Uh, I, I don't believe uh, I'm particularly closed off. I'm, I've said I'm honest about the, the stuff that I've been through, but what was interesting, what you're probably picking up on, is being honest about what you've been through in a kind of a mechanical or, or, or um, even in this sense, isn't quite the same as, as talking about how you felt, if that makes sense. So I can mm -hmm. talk about how... 
uh, I've had mental health issues. I can talk about, uh, you know, things that I've done that I might regret, or I can talk about, you know, like, like I've alluded to this kind of shady past, etc. But that that's just kind of bullet points. It doesn't really open open those kind of things up. Mm -hmm. And and so we we did find through that moment in, in the van, uh, and and then more and more so on the hill. So we started opening up and we started talking a little bit emotionally towards each other uh, and, and about how we felt. And, and that was interesting to, to go through. Uh, already having believed that we'd, we'd gotten there ourselves, we kind of went through it a little bit more and said, oh, no, 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 maybe we're learning lessons here too. And I think you see that come out in the film. But that's mm. certainly something that, we, yeah. something that we've both experienced uh, uh, even since, you know. Yeah. Do you want to jump in bed or I can't, I can't see you, but are you there? Can you hear? Yeah, hi, hey guys, how you doing? Uh, it's uh, it's all just getting back into work here. I apologise, I'm, I'm in, in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, Matt, I, I think um, it's quite interesting seeing more and more people coming out um, about um, their their backgrounds, their stories, and their underlying issues. I think it's I think it's really good that people are talking. Um, one of the things that we sort of talked about previously was. Uh, sometimes we we talk about creating labels or we we sometimes let that label define us um where actually the under you know our baggage shouldn't really define us um and i think it should be more of a case that we uh, that we, we we get the baggage out of the way, we expose it, we see what the issues are that we get, so we can get past them. But really, it's about getting back into society and getting back on the train and back, back with your family and everything else like that. So I just, I wonder if sometimes some of these uh, groupings can sometimes, what's the word, fuel each other, you know, where sometimes actually people who do suffer from mental health issues, sometimes if they surround themselves by other people by it, are they actually fueling and compounding the problem? I don't know what your thoughts are on that. That's just, uh, you know, from an outside perspective, looking in, really. Yeah, I can get that. I think it depends on how, how, how that conversation goes, mate, or how, how it's dealt with. I think if you were to... Yeah, if you were to get a group of people together uh, sharing the same kind of mental health problems, but they weren't addressing the mental health problems, they would just say, yeah, me too. Uh, or, or even, so the, the, the me too thing, or, or the, I, I'm trying to, trying to think of a way to position this. If you were to say, I don't know, uh, well, let's look at depression. If, if, you're, if you're saying, yeah, I, I have depression too, uh, but not actually saying much more than that, then what maybe what you're describing is that you then got a group of 10 people who are all just saying, well, I have depression. So what gets done is you've just, you, perhaps you've got 10 people with depression, that's, that's 10 times the problem, in a sense. I, I, kinda, I think I get where you're coming from. Uh, and I think probably breaking that down and taking that those 10 people and making sure that the conversation is positive, that the conversation opens up ideas of positivity or ideas of, you know, it's almost, I hate these kind of things that you get, what's this toxic masculinity? I heard one just recently with toxic positivity. It seems like something that, that I want to shy away from, that kind of idea, but I can understand that, where you have people who say, just cheer up, you know, just just, uh, you know, just be positive, do something good for yourself, you know, think think better, you know, and that stuff doesn't work. Or it does work to a degree, or the idea of it works, but but there has to be more of a, of a deeper conversation and a deeper understanding of that. But the flip side of that, and, and Fergus and I are a good example of this, 
or certainly that journey is a good example of this, is that when you do talk to others about how you feel and you're open about it, but you don't, it's, you're open about it and you're open to their experience and then to maybe some solution or, or some some growth through it, like the solution's the wrong word, some map through it or, or some opportunity to be kind of shepherd through that, that particular mental mountain. And what you allow yourself is the chance to normalize that kind of behavior or normalize that thought process and allow yourself a little bit of slack. So, uh, for example, my, my kind of stuff that I went through, uh, because I wasn't talking to anybody about it, that was my reality. You know, that was the way that I behaved. It was the way that I experienced the world. And I didn't really connect with the fact that other people uh, might do too. So I felt isolated and very kind of... Um, mm -hmm. uh, different to people and therefore you end up in this kind of psychological narrative where you're saying well what's wrong with me you know or or, or you as guys you were pointing out maybe you're hard on yourself and you start saying well, well there is something wrong with me obviously I'm a prick you know whatever you know and then that's that that negative kind of mindset that negative sense of self uh, then kind of becomes externally available to others whereas if you if you meet three four people or if you're even open to the conversation social media has actually been great for this, I think, then you get the chance to say, okay, so it's not just me. So, so Gaz, you feel this way too. Okay, would mm -hmm. you tell me about these experiences? Then through that conversation, you allow yourself the opportunity to kind of settle down a little bit and understand that, okay, so, so A, there's, it's not just, I'm not just a problem, you know, there's, this is stuff that others are going through. And B, I have resource around me, uh, people around me, people just like me, people who I look up to or who I see have been my peer group or... I identify with who are saying, yeah, yeah, me too, man. That in itself is enough. Just that moment is enough uh, uh, to really help, really, really help settle those kind of negative thoughts that one might have about, uh, about um, oneself. I've, I've got a question. Important. I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. Um, is so, so back in sort of 2009, we with the sort of increase of uh, casualties that we saw back, certainly from the rifles and other uh, other units back in around 2009. Um, we saw the world throwing resources at this. We saw help for heroes on everything. Everyone was throwing things. There was tickets, this, there was horseback riding that. There was all kinds of stuff going around. And then they've got things like, um, the Invictus Games, you know, where you're, you're taking a guy that's not a professional athlete, uh, you're then putting him on a world stage as a professional athlete, and then afterwards, well, he's not going to be a professional athlete, is he? You know, so, you know, what is the investment into that individual? I mean, arguably, maybe if you invested into training that individual, maybe as as a... Um, as a coach or uh, someone who could actually take that knowledge and skill away. Anyway, the, the point I'm getting at is, Looking at what you guys have done, which is is, is freaking mega, is what's what's next? How do you how do you not fall off that fall off that ball? How do you not fall off that and go back into? So at the moment, you've got purpose, or it's given you purpose. It's given you something to focus on. How do you maintain that? without it going back to the point I said before being your label but you can you can still stay on that journey does that kind of make sense what I'm trying to trying to say yeah yeah I think so I think yeah well because you gear yourself what I'm saying is you gear yourself up to the to what you guys have done which as I said is is amazing uh, and it's relevant it's now it's relevant 
you know, you're getting really good feedback. You you feel like you're you're doing something. People are getting something off you, which is great. How do you maintain that in a pos- positive way? That what doesn't happen is you you find yourself falling into another rut when that ends or yeah, comes yeah, to an end. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, we've we discussed this, and, and, and actually both of us have been through a little bit of a kind of a, a not not a rut. I would say it's not been long enough to, to describe it as that, but we we kind of knew that was coming. Uh, I've been through. This is about the event itself. I, I'm, I'm replying on, on that front. Ben is that the uh, we we replying that uh, and and moving the logistics back in, in the background, uh, working with guys like, like and the other brands that we had, and, and trying to make this happen for about eleven months. Um, so we've been pushing towards it for all that time. And then the two weeks, uh, uh, give or take, that we did it, 11 days, but two weeks up in, in uh, at camp there, um, was pretty intense. So the whole thing kind of ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And then afterwards, it essentially just stopped. Uh, and, and then then what are, we, what are we pointed at? What's keeping us going? Is that is that your question, Ken? What, what if kind of... Yeah, yeah, up? yeah, exactly that. Or just how, to... do, how do we manage that? Yeah, yeah so uh, the, I, I literally, I, I apologise, uh, you know, because the shop's back open, I've got people running around all over the place. So I said someone in, but actually we were just talking about um, this podcast. You asked me what I was doing. And one of the conversations we just said then was, it was liking to the fact that when my old organisation goes on operations, you know, you are at the point of, you're at the, the highest point you could be. You've got every asset available to you, all these bits and pieces, you are the big dog when actually you left school at 16, but you are the big dog, you know? And then the next day you're number two on the T earns. One of the things for us is how do you, it's your ego. It's your, um, you know, you're no longer the big guy in the room. So how do you come off that curve? So the same sort of thing for the projects that you guys are involved in is, you know, what is next? I mean, how do you maintain that or how do you manage yourself that what you haven't done is put yourself in a position that you could fall off from. That's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, mate. We, 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 we thought about this beforehand. I've been through this uh, myself uh, a good few times, uh, the fighting event. So, you know, the same thing kind of applies. It may be in a shorter cycle, but it's the same thing applies in that you'll start preparing. You know that you're going to fight. You know that you have a fight coming up. You have to kind of really start digging deep and go into that cycle with the, with the training, with the nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And everything's pointed at that one thing. The fight happens when or lose, then afterwards, what do you do? You know, what's going to happen next? And how do you, how do you manage yourself? And, uh, personally, I've been through that before and find that, and, and I know that a lot of fighters, having worked with them now for a long time, uh, will then try and book another fight because they need that, they need that immediacy. Uh, and again, you're probably describing the very similar things within your organization. Then what, what do you do now, especially if you come out? Uh, but even through that cycle where, you, you know, you, there's operation after operation, you know, what, what happens next? Well, you almost need another one in order to maintain that that kind of uh, uh, internal understanding or, or that idea of who you are. So I think perhaps there's two or three components to that. Uh, certainly for me, uh, I've learned to try and make sure and put things in afterwards that that, um, that, that speak to, to, to my mental health. So... What, what could happen is we could could have come off that hill, could have come home, could have realised that we needed rest and then sat about essentially doing nothing, uh, you know, answering social media messages and, and whatnot and then doing nothing else. Uh, and obviously that that becomes a, 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 a pit that you can fall into. So I set out and diarised uh, uh, very simple things like, uh, 
you know, making sure that I went out for, for a good walk, and, you know, with, with the dogs, spend some time with the family, stuff that would seem obvious, but it was uh, scheduled it in, you know, made sure that it was happening. Made sure to, uh, for both of us, for Fergus and I, to make sure that we were coming back and we had a plan in terms of our training, which is really useful for us, essentially, because um, if, if everything, if we're training hard for a particular event and then you stop afterwards, which a lot of people do, again, the physicality is gone and, and that interaction with that whole thing is gone. So we made sure we put in uh, a training plan for afterwards, a kind of a, a recovery plan. But, and then we set out what we wanted to do physically uh, beyond that. So we know what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis in that sense. So it's making sure that things are in place so, so that the schedule is not dead, so, so that we're not just sitting down twiddling our thumbs and thinking, well, what now? Uh, and we've also, uh, we debriefed the whole thing um, a couple of times in a couple of different ways. So we looked at, we spent time looking at the logistics of, of, the, of the operation. I mean, what could we have done better? What, what could we have done just simply from a practical perspective? Uh, and then we've we've sat and broken down what we could have done, uh, how we could have handled actually your question, Gaz, about whether we were too hard on ourselves, what lessons can we learn? Uh, that's something that we've we've got to sit down and do yet. We've scheduled that in uh, for a week or so's time. So there's a little bit of time spent afterwards debriefing those kind of situations. And then then we are planning. Uh, and it's not a case of we don't want to look at it as what do we do next in order to maintain this constant cycle? Because that has to end at some point, which it kind of thinks what you're driving at, Ben, and then, then what do you do? It's a little bit of what lessons can you extrapolate from this? Can, sorry, can you extract from this? And, and how, can you, how can you use them to then enrich your life? You know, so what have I learned about myself? I've learned I need to communicate more. I've learned, I've, I've learned, uh, I've learned some really good positive things. I've learned, um, you know, how, how useful I am as a friend, I think, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So this kind of things can, uh, uh, want to learn the lessons from that, but then try and apply them daily. <coughs> but I think, I think what I'm banging on about here is, is, is rather than it being, uh, okay, that event is over, I think what we're trying to do is extract all the lessons from the event and see how we can apply them to real life and actually take those lessons out and look at them as new components that we're trying to put into this kind of machine that is us and say, okay, so what is, what, what is going to enrich my day-to-day -day life? What did I take from that? And then start immediately applying it. But I'm very aware of and I'm rattling on a little bit, but no, no, very... that's uh, you, you've absolutely answered it, mate. Um, this is the very much the point I, I'm kind of raising is the fact yeah. that I think we there's so many great things out there and so many great projects out there that people get involved in, and I think a lot of the time they don't think like you have thought about that there, there's got to be the next phase. There's got to be what have I yeah. what have I what have I uh, got from this. And how can I bring this into the real world? <clears throat> my goes back to my point about the Invictus Games, and I know there's going to probably be some backlash on it. Now, I'm, I'm probably be I'm, I am the antagonizer on this show anyway. But the the point is, is you're, you're it didn't really seem like there's anything for those guys afterwards. The Headley Court piece where they're put into a pinnacle, there wasn't seem anything off the back of that. So I think it's important, like you, exactly what you guys have done, is if you're going to do something that's absolutely positive. There's got to be an outcome or a goal at the back end of it that you need to take away. Otherwise, what was the fucking point? Well, this is it. So the, I think to sort of wrap that little bit up there, I think the perfect thing that John has just talked about there is the personal responsibility of going, okay, well, this is what I need to do. Take control of myself and take these lessons into the real world. But it's recognition that these events, whether it's your past career, whether it's the things that you're doing, they're things that this individual has done. They're not the individual. 
you, know, you are still you, no matter what you're doing. And the lessons that you've learned from your life, no matter what that has been, whether it's been operations or doing endurance events or whatever, or even mental health struggles, whatever, they're this person. And it's this person that goes and does these things. They, you know, that's the important part. That's the, the bit that is permanent, well, semi-permanent. Uh, yeah, they, it's not, so you I said, understand. So you said you are your actions, aren't you, guys? That's basically I, I, I Well, I'll yeah, just okay. set you up for that. You know the score, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that's this, exactly what I'm saying. So, you know, it, I, everyone agree. understands it's, it's important to have the next goal. It's taking responsibility for going, okay, I need something to work towards. That's fine. But that, the, that process is continuous, but it's the, it's the individual that's going through that process. I think it's refreshing to see that. I, I think this. I think just it's too easy to say you're going to go and do something. I mean, if you look at us as brands, we get asked all the time, "Can I sponsor this? Can you sponsor that? We're going to go and do this. We're going to do that." You're like, but what, what's the end game? What, what's the result of this? What you're really doing is going to do something that's fucking cool. Like I wish I was doing, but actually, what is the long term exit strategy for this? You know, so, uh, nice maybe like very short-term solutions like mentioned about like all these games and stuff it's sort of like mm. get them out give them all this training all the all the help they need put them on the pedestal have them on posters and stuff and then two months later the poster gets ripped down and there's someone else up there yeah. and then they're sat at home just like fuck me I was I was here and now I'm yeah. <clears throat> in which case I suppose what, 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 what everybody's saying is, is you, you then create that cycle again which is which is problematic if you've got that that massive high or that massive adrenaline rush or that massive, uh, uh, you know, long-term commitment to something that, that you feel defines you and then it's, then it's, then it's removed. Uh, you know, who the fuck are you again? Or, or, mm. I hope you don't mind me swearing on you. That'll happen every time. Say what you like. Say what you like, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get a question. Good, mate. I think, I think as you say, if you can plan in advance and understand that that's going to come, then, then you, you, you've beaten some of that in the first place, you know? And like, if, 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 I guess what you're describing with Evictus, I'm not as close as close as that as, as you guys uh, obviously would have been. But the um, yeah, if, if they've then managed these guys to to, to then say, you know, you, you're going to do this big thing, you, you're going to be you're going to be on this on the stage on the podium, you know, on, on the world stage, etc. And then right, thanks, see you later. Then mm-hmm. then they're right back where where they were when you picked them up in the first place. So, so what's happened? And I think I think perhaps what we're uh, uh, certainly the core message really here is that those conversations that we're asking people to have aren't just with each other i suppose they're with themselves you know if you if you're able to say these, these are these are the issues that are holding me back from from you know being sort of self-actualized or, or or considering myself whole or or however whatever philosophy you might you might want to use to, to, to frame to, to frame that um if it's not actually got any kind of end game as you say ben or not any, any kind of uh, outcome then it's all for nothing isn't it you know and what we want people to do is to try and kind of you know have a look within see if they can discover a little bit about themselves and then try and figure out what they're going to do with that next and part of that is opening up the conversation we can say well this is what we did it might not work for you but the core tenets or the core foundations are how we did that you know the same for everyone and you know hopefully we're, we're, we're allowing people to kind of think along those lines as opposed to what we what we kind of worried about a little bit was that people would see this great big thing you know these 11 days these two guys do this this stupid shit and then think and be, and be only attached to that you know and, and really it was it was just a you know we described it just as a metaphor and like you said ben it was a, 
it was a fun thing, you know. We, we wanted to do it. It looked like something crazy. When he came up with it, we're like, Fuck, can we do that? Yeah, let's let's do it. And we kind of hoorayed each other until we got to the point where, yeah, we can do anything, that, that kind of thing, you know. And, and then you get there, and the reality is, shit, two days in, I don't think I can do this at all. <laughs> I got a show, I got a show face, and my mates are looking, so keep yeah, going. That's it, that's it. Some, of that, some of that's what was happening, and, and you know, we're not gonna lie about it. Some of that's what was happening in that truck as well. I've had, um, yeah, two or three big events, uh, where I've come up short fights that I've lost uh, or big endurance events. I broke my leg on one four miles in and, and ran for another 80, but still didn't get to the end, you know, and, and that shit sits in the back of my mind is, am I the guy who just doesn't get to the end? You know, am I, and, and sitting in that truck, I'm thinking, and that's just about me, you know, and, and, mm. and that's kind of selfish, ego-driven ideas, you know, am I going to be that guy whose legs bugging and they're going to go home and I'm going to have to take... The, the banter and really I'm going to want to crack that guy in the mouth every time he calls me chocolate away. <laughs> all that kind of stuff but it, and it spins round and round you've got to deal with that as well so things things like that come from it and you look at it afterwards and I can look at the film now and go well I need to deal with that you know that's kind of stuff that I need to kind of you know the idea that, that I might be this this kind of guy who feels things is uh, I didn't realise that it was quite so fo at the forefront where mm -hmm. now that I know it is there's shit I can do about that so yeah, and I mean, you don't have to climb Nevis 11 times, uh, for 11 days uh, for that to be yeah. okay. You just have to kind of come up against those questions, and that's kind of the point of it, is ask the question. You, you don't have to be doing something mad to make that happen. You just have to say, right, what is it that I'm hiding from, or what is it that I'm, that I'm not really addressing? How do I go about that? Is it just having a pint, having a coffee with Luke and just saying, man, I don't fucking feel good, you know? And yeah. if that is the case, and you're able to say that, then... That's that's a, that's a mountain climb, and, and that's that's where the whole metaphor was for us. Totally, mate. Like, like that's what I took from the film. It's, the whole thing is a metaphor, exactly like you said. It's a metaphor for life. So, those challenges could be anything. It is, exactly like you said. You know, it isn't a mountain for everybody. But what's really we've not really talked too much about the film. But what comes across in the film, people are going to watch it. My lot, anyway. My community will. Um, it's it starts off weather-wise is quite bad, and exactly like you say, with those sort of those three days in there. You have to sit and have a hard conversation about, okay, what do we actually want to do from this? What's the point of this? What is, you know, what, what are we focusing on here? You know, are we getting too drawn into the physical aspect of it? And actually it's about this. Like we all have those problems in our lives. And they, that mountain is absolutely different for everybody. That mountain might just be, you know, people who struggle to leave the house because they've got social anxiety or having a conversation. It's, you have to find that, be honest enough with yourself and yeah, so that you, you, you can get over that ego thing of the thing that you find a weakness in yourself and working on that and being realistic about this is what my goal is. And it hasn't quite worked out like that. So now I'm going to get, I'm still getting things from it, but I'm, I'm going to refocus on this aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's a great film. Uh, thank you. There's some really interesting, really interesting things having you on uh, this week, mate, because there's some really good points that we've sort of, if you look back at the previous podcast, it all comes back to some of this, this stuff that you're talking about. I mean, Luke, if you look at the stuff that you want to get into back in with your endurance and your cycling, the, the point you raised before was, you know, I still need a challenge in my life. I still need to achieve something. I still want to, whether that's failing or not. I mean, it goes back to the old saying about the man in the arena, et cetera. You know, you're, um, it's actually getting out there and, and challenging yourself. I think there's also some other points that's in there is 
um, you know, feeling part of something. Certainly if you look at, say, veterans or people who've left institutions as being involved in something. I think things, there are people who just want to be part of something because that's what they miss. But I think the takeaway point is being part of something, but also what are you, what are you trying to get from that? You know, what are you, what are you going to move on once you've got that? Because otherwise all you'll do is you'll be like a, you'll just be like bouncing from one organization to another until you find your, your place or whatever. So I think there's some really good points, mate. And I, it, what's really nice about this week is it, is your points has, has wrapped up quite a lot of what we talked about in previous chats. It's, it's wicked. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I've just got one on um, the sort of trying to relate it to the sort of more the military. Uh, I think everyone here and a lot of people that we know is there's always sort of like one bloke in the troop or the company that's clearly got issues. Everyone knows them. If anything, they just stay away from them. Uh, they're quite in denial. They're normally the sort of egotistical alpha male that won't admit they've got issues and stuff. And just going back onto yourself. So what? We know with Fergus, although he's quite open, we've talking about that. He obviously tried to take his own life, and that was obviously his trigger to go, "Fuck me! I need, like, I've got a problem. I need to sort it out." Just with yourself, if you don't mind going into it, was there sort of a point where you got to a point and thought, "Shit, I've actually got a problem," or were you doing whatever you were doing for those number of years that you mentioned, just going, "Oh, this is me. This is what I do. I do these bad things," or did someone have to physically come up to you and go, "Mate, you've got problems." All, all those things. <laughs> yes. All the above. All the above, mate, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm to think of the order to give you that in, but, yeah, I, I behaved in, in a manner. Yeah, it's funny you describe that, actually, this kind of... Uh, looking back on it uh, with, with a different perspective, certainly some maturity as well, mate. It's not just having dealt with mental health problems. There's been a bit of growing-ups going on, and, and you've got to be honest about that as well. It's just... Acting like a prick is just acting like a prick sometimes. It's not, you know, you can try and say, oh, it's because of this, because of that, but sometimes it's because those are the... Well, some people like to. That's one of the problems. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for me, uh, you know, I, I, certainly, I certainly was ill. There was things that, that needed that I needed very, very direct help with. But um, mm. the, 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 act, the the way I was behaving was was pretty violent, pretty, you know, the typical kind of, although I didn't go to the football, is there a kind of typical football hooligan kind of behaviour where, you know, I'm, I'm this guy. It's interesting because I framed it as always being everybody else's fault. You know, I, I remember going to see uh, a chap uh, about training, you know, because I, I, in my mind I needed to make sure I was more skilled than the next guy because there was going to be another fight for sure, you know. So I was I was going and training and, and I was asked, what are you training for? Uh, this this was pivotal for me, actually. The, what are you training for? And it was, I'd moved, and I'd moved to a pretty rough area. I lived down in Nottingham, moved to a pretty rough area, in, or just outside Nottingham. And I was going to the pub there, and every time I went to the pub, I was getting in some kind of scrap, you know, whether, whether it was a, a big one or a little one, there was always an altercation, quite often physical. And I said to this guy, I think maybe you've heard of him, uh, Jeff Thompson, have you heard of Jeff Thompson? Uh, martial no, artist. No, no. Wrote some, written some amazing books on, on fear. Um, and fear control. But anyway, I, I said, look, I want to, I want to, why are you training? Well, I want to be able to go to that pub and just have a pint, stand my ground and not have anybody fuck with me, you know? And he, and, and he said, so, so what's happening when you get to the pub? Well, every time I get there, somebody, you know, because I'm, I'm the token jock because of this and I have all these excuses, you know? 
somebody wants to have a pop and obviously I've created this kind of sort of local reputation as being somebody that might, you know, so everybody wants to have a go at this guy. And these are the things I was saying. And he said, well, have you ever thought of not going to that pub? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be self-defense, self-care? Wouldn't it be, you know, you know why, why, why are you forcing your way in there to stand your ground and have a pint you're going to have to fight your way to get to the end of? And like, to me, that was baffling. You know, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and what he was saying was, you know, if, if you want to, there's a, there's a great uh, Lee Marvin quote where he says, if you want to avoid assholes, avoid the place assholes go, you know. And uh, and I was the asshole, you know. So, so the whole thing was just kind of a, a, a behavioral kind of loop that I got myself into where I felt like I was defending myself, but really I was kind of manifesting all this, all this violence and all this stuff myself by, by, by being ready for it. I really wasn't going about being a, I clearly had a look on my face and I'm standing almost, you know, fist clenched the whole time and, and ready. And, and that, that's going to that's gonna make other people kind of itchy and, and, and all the rest of it. And eventually somebody says, what's your problem? And then it all kicks off, doesn't it? You know, so in the, in the end, I was kind of uh, the catalyst for it as opposed to it happening to me. Um, I was also dealing with a lot of kind of stuff, uh, a, a, a lot of, I had issues you know, speaking to, but this the, the issue, what I was doing were speaking to the issues, so it became a kind of a uh, the whole thing became became a bit of a boiling pot of of, uh, of negativity. So what I did, and I think I may have said this in the film, I'm sure I did. Was then I started taking. I already drank a lot, uh, uh, started taking a lot of drugs, uh, and, um, and and that just kind of spiraled until it was normal. Uh, like you were saying, look, did it, was it normal? Was yeah, day to day. You know, a lot of cocaine, a lot, of, a lot, of, well, a lot of everything, but mostly, mostly those kind of things. You know, and um, and obviously that doesn't speak well to your mental health if you if, you, if you're off your face the whole time. And not dissimilar, and I see it in a certain sense to what you were talking about earlier on, Ben, is that you because you with drugs because you're up or you're down, whatever the drugs done to you. There's a flip to that every time, isn't there? There's a seesaw. Mm. So what comes up must come down. You take some down, you've got to come back up. So. So every day becomes kind of a fight for this equilibrium, but also you know, I'm addicted to, to drugs. <laughs> so you start, I need more coke in order to get normal. And that becomes the new normal, doesn't it? You know, so, so that whole thing became a big, big battle for me. Um, and, and, so uh, what was the situation with the pub? I mean, was that, was that basically venting you know, venting the fact that it was almost giving, legitimizing uh, it was someone else's fault as opposed to you, you know, you, you're almost looking for that reason for you being there. And actually, all you've done is, uh, you know, as, as your man said, you, you've literally, you, you've, you're causing your own problems by being in the pub. But what, if everyone else is starting on you, you, you can use that as the excuse for your own failures. Yeah. Or what you see as your own. See your, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's cyclical, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a mental way of doing it. I quite agree. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you see that all the time. I don't, it, that, that's not uncommon, that kind of behavior at all. No. Unfortunately, you know, you get it in this yeah. kind of lad, lad culture, certainly um, uh, in certain parts of, uh, of certain communities, you know, I could, I could walk into a, into a pub now and, and uh, tattoos and whatnot. And it wouldn't be difficult to, to, to get into a fight, you know, whether or not you wanted one or not. It's not, it's not, we, we all know that. Uh, and so you've got a lot of guys kind of behaving in that manner. I think, I think it's pretty common. Uh, so I don't think I was all that, 
odd in that sense. I was just taking it to the nth degree. But retrospectively, I think what that's built around is, is fear. You know, I, I think I was, uh, and always was, quite afraid of confrontation or afraid of simple things like, you know, getting beat up or, 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 or just afraid mostly, just kind of wandering about in a bubble of fear all the time, you know. And, and so what I was doing, uh, uh, I came to realise, was kind of preempting that a little bit, which is interesting because I mm. work at, uh, I'm a self-protection instructor, so I've worked this kind of stuff for many years now from, from the other side of it, coaching, that kind of thing, that, that kind of emotional control, if you like. Um, so that's, that's something else that I do. But, but um, So I was kind of preempting that stuff a little bit. So I would, I would be in the pub and my imagination would be telling me or my, my kind of situational beliefs were telling me, yeah, you're going to get in a fight. This guy's looking at you, this guy's looking at you, and all the rest of it. So I'd, I'd kind of frame up. It would be obvious that I was posturing for that, and then that would trigger them a little bit. But really, they probably weren't looking at you. The idea in my mind was that, that I was going to have to get them before they got me, that kind of thing. And so once I addressed this idea that I was kind of walking about on this kind of perpetual high alert, then I was able to start addressing, them, well, what are you scared of? And, and kind of everybody, in my opinion, should have a good think about that and kind of break those fears down. Mm. And then try and approach them almost from a, a, like, like a version therapy, you know. Okay, so now I need to kind of associate myself with that in a different way. And, and how do I address that? You know, so what I started to do was to try and go to those places or put myself almost in. I worked as a bouncer for a little while, put myself in situations where I was um, going to have to address that, but going to have to manage it in a much more intelligent manner. You know, I couldn't just go cracking people with a, with a, with a fucking bottle or a. Paint glass or whatever, and then I had to think about how to manage their safety and my safety. So it seems like an odd thing to do. I actually got, I started working in, in, men's, in mental health. I worked in forensic mental health, which I worked on wards where people reported for, where people were there for having uh, committed kind of quite heinous criminal acts, but weren't in the right mind to, to so, so they, they were in, in our system because they weren't uh, capable of, of uh, looking after in a prison setting. That makes sense. <laughs> So I worked on those wards and my job for eight years was to manage that violence, uh, which was constant and daily uh, for, the, for the betterment of everybody. So I was being attacked uh, and these people were either trying to kill themselves, kill me or kill each other. And my job was to stop that. But it wasn't about actually being violent to another, it was about stopping that violence. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But in that position was strangely, strangely didn't actually help some of the mental health stuff because as you've said earlier on, uh, Ben, I'm, I'm in about a, a situation where I'm seeing a lot of people who are ill and I was a little bit ill like some, like some of them. But also I was, I was able to kind of address those kind of fears, those immediate physical fears uh, uh, in a much more intelligent manner <laughs> than I went on to start to train in those things and, and help in a different way. So, uh, that's, that's awesome, mate. It's absolutely well, awesome. I think identifying that is brilliant. Yeah, well, all that boils down to, to cap this one off is, is, and I think this is hugely important, is, is understanding what you, what these kind of core fears that we all carry around are. If you can, if you can, it could be fucking spiders. It doesn't really matter. But if, if you, if you consider that that core fear, and then, and but what everybody does is go, well, I'm afraid of spiders. You know, so I'm not going to go anywhere near them. I'm not going to look at them. I'm going to, oh my god, I'm going to throw a shoe from the other side. Whatever it might be. But probably the best thing to do with all these things that are actually affecting you on a day-to-day basis is walk into it a little bit, kind of lean into that and kind of find out why it affects you that way, what are the kind of component fears to it, 
how are you going to address that positively? And if you can do that, then that, that overall control of that particular one situation allows you to understand that you can control a lot of situations of your own making. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's powerful. I really do think it's powerful. It's not going to fix everything, but it certainly yeah. gives you some, some strength, I think. I think it also, by the sounds of it, gives you gives you direction and focus for your for your own. I mean, I like the idea of that of um, using your situation and and flipping that and actually for for a, a a purpose of good, you know, helping others and everything else like that. I mean, actually, that's a great way of looking at it, a great way of focusing your own issues uh, by doing that. I, I think, I think it's fucking mega, mate. Well, I think it's like, you've obviously got in your character, Johnny, to be you're quite a proactive guy. It seems that way, anyway, from what you've said. It seems, and it seems to me that when you have a new, you're sort of preparing to go to the pub, you're preparing to have a fire, you're preparing to be ready for that sort of scenario that you were kind of creating. You just, it was just misdirected, if you know what I mean. You were, you, you were using that proactivity to be ready for a, a negative scenario when, in fact, you change your perspective slightly. Uh, and then you you turn it back on yourself in a good way, and you use that that natural aspect of your personality to help you you know get better. Yeah, uh, and, and and your strength as well, your strength as well. You know, as a fighter, being able to do that for good is is pretty awesome. Well, Sorry, there's another thing, mate, and, and you guys will get this as well from from, from your your own organisations. Is that uh, the idea of being a fighter? Isn't it's just the same thing, isn't it? It's about that control of fear. So it's no different to uh, you know maybe over a, a longer burn in certain circumstances. But ultimately, there's there's nobody's going to have a fight whether it's whether it's on the cobbles as we used to say, or, or or whether it's you know in a ring or whatever, and look at the the opponent and then say to them say to anybody honestly, I, I don't feel I'm not afraid. Everybody's afraid, you know, and everybody's afraid and and. and Many people might say they're not, but they, they are, you know. And, and what I think that that had given me was two things, was the ability to say, okay, I'm afraid, but I'm still going to move forward. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and that's very physical, in, in a way, quite literal is what I mean. Uh, but that kind of carried over to other things. Uh, and eventually, as you say, uh, Gaz, when I was able to reframe that and try and think of it more positively and start, start to kind of look uh, outwardly at, at service, perhaps, rather than just this kind of selfish um, defense mm-hmm. mechanism that I had, uh, you're able then to kind of walk through that fear. And, and it, it was uh, it was an ability, it, certainly in my case, it allowed me the opportunity to know that, okay, it's going to be tough, it's going to feel horrible, but but you can just one more step and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, uh, a, a fighting spirit uh, can be described in a kind of a macho way, or it can just be described as having kind of tenacity or resilience, which I think we all, we all want to want to strive for anyway it's just uh, how you frame yeah. it or how it's been framed you know it's all practice yeah. it's all little things over and over you know this, this stuff isn't you know we're all shit at lots of things we've all got stuff we're absolutely shit at that we'd like to get better at. and that could be anything but you have to yeah. do these things little things constantly and you do get to where you want to be you know um yeah. i think men, just your mental mental hard words just mental health i suppose your mental health is a perfect one of that. It's introducing little stresses that you can get over and then you get over it again. Then you get over it again. Yeah. It's but you have to you have to be very honest with yourself. Like exactly like you say, you have to be very honest with yourself about what those things are for you. And not that I think 
some people get too caught up in what everybody else is doing and naturally they just need to take a look in and go, okay, well, I, I don't need to be up a mountain today. What I need to be doing is, uh, I don't know, go for a walk. I, need, I feel a bit shitty today. I need to take that responsibility and go, I'm just going to go for a walk today. I'm going to do something basic. And then next week, maybe you are running. You, know, you yeah. don't have to do everything at once. It's a process and it doesn't stop. This is the a, a very important thing. None yeah. of this stuff stops. I think that's, that's yeah, yeah, two, two brilliant things you said there, mate, is that the, the, that little practice, that little practice day to day, and it's a great way to describe it as a little practice. It mm. then leads to big things, doesn't it? And those big things could, could just be uh, as simple as uh, a better a better mental health, a better, better control of your mental health, a better, mm. better feeling about yourself overall. Um, but it's got to be practiced, you know. And if 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 the, the the thought process or the cycle that you're in or or the or the, your day to day routine, etc., doesn't speak to some kind of movement forward, uh, mm. then it's it's just going to remain the same, isn't it? So I do think that. I mean, again, a good a real simple kind of analogy, life-wise, would be I can take it back to fighting again. Is uh, you know, if you're going to learn perfect technique, if you want to have the you know, a really tight, strong jab. You're not going to learn it all out of a book. You're not going to learn it by watching mm. movies or, or whatever. And, you, and you're not going to learn it by going to the boxing gym two, three times. You're going to learn it by having to practice that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times over and over, that one specific punch. And then mm. if you think about that, you know, within a fighting context, that one punch isn't going to cut it. You're going to have to learn them all thousands of thousands of thousands of times. Uh, everything's the same as that you know that's an easy analogy but everything's the same you know your mental health your, your, your business your, your relationship with your, with, with your partner with your kids mm -hmm. with you can't expect to just pop out the bog uh, out the box Luke you all know this uh, as, as a new dad and, and just be a great dad you know you've got to you, you, your love will take you a huge distance uh, I've got four children and, uh, and I like to think by number four I'm better at it but I'm nowhere near nowhere near great at it <laughs> i'm trying every day i'm trying every day to get better and better and i think that applies to everything doesn't it you know just that little that will to kind of keep keep trying and going back to that fear thing that will to step over as, as you said mm -hmm. a minute get out and take that first step uh, uh, is, is what's going to get you there and those those two things combined are huge hugely powerful yeah i don't think you could do those things you know it's down to you you could have you know you could be inspired you can have help but only you takes that step. It's all it's up up to you. you no, know, if you don't do it one day, no one's going to have a go at you because they've got their own lives. It's up to you to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people, Ben, going back to what you were saying earlier on, there's people like uh, like Ferguson and I, or, or people uh, you, you know who, who may get together. A whole load of people might get together, and and uh, if they're just talking about how tough it all is, but not actually doing anything, nobody's actually taking responsibility for themselves and I don't want to suggest that people in that situation are there because they haven't taken it just in this particular scenario if they're not taking responsibility for that for that action as you just said guys and, and that actual making that first step uh, then it's just going to be a kind of a cyclical kind of now you've just got a lot of people in the room who are all, all feeling ill in one way or another mm, yeah. you, have to, you have to be you have to be trained to a degree I think uh, Seems seems obvious for a guy like me who's a strength and conditioning coach. I think kind of I do for a living. There's about training and stuff to say that, but yeah, you you've got to train all these things. You've got to train good thoughts. You've got to train a positive mindset. You know, it gets a bit trite after a while, but these things are cliches for a reason, aren't they? You know, so. 
Yeah, please, it's not blind positivity, is it? Like you talked about toxic positivity earlier. It isn't blind positivity. It yeah. is looking at reality, looking at what's in front of you, and then choosing to deal with that in a positive way. Not, I'm going to smile as I throw myself off a cliff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah, it's, it's accepting the, the, the challenge of the situation, exactly like you lads did the other day. You know, it's being honest about it and going, okay, we could fucking stop. Uh, we could jack it. Well, we could just go, okay, we'll reevaluate. We'll go again with a, a, the best smile on our face that we can. And you see you, you see that happen in the film. There's a yeah, shift. Think, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's exactly what it was, mate, a shift. Uh, and exactly as you just said, there was that kind of moment where, where and we both went through this. Uh, one was caught with me on film. Hmm. Uh, I think, that, I mean, you can see Fergus struggling uh, as, as, the, uh, as the process went on. Mm-hmm. But every every time that was a problem, we stopped, we reevaluated what we're going to do next. And what was very interesting uh, journey for for him uh, towards the end was almost the same as me. There was there was a point where we got to day ten where he was again. You can see some of that footage, and we've got our own footage. I, I filmed some of the mm-hmm. where, where he wasn't he wasn't safe. You know, he's coming down the mountain and he was stumbling about like he he, he was drunk. You know, and. It, on, on that particular mountain, there's a lot of stones up the top, you know, and if you if you want stumble, you, you're going to tip off the edge. So the whole thing was a bit a bit hairy. And and really, the problem was, if he were to continue in that state, he was going to either injure himself or, or, or worse, you know. So, but he wanted to carry on, and then there had to be a point where he said, okay, you know, enough's enough. Uh, but in that moment make sure that that was dealt with uh, uh, with some acceptance and some some acceptance mm-hmm. of that reality and some kind of positive lean on it you know i've done a lot i've worked hard and i've taken it to you know but making that intelligent next decision was was key and that was that was tough that was tough for, for everybody's uh, uh, situation everybody's mental health kind of got tried a little bit there because you want to just say no i'm going to keep going and then you've got the idea that i had gone through earlier on with an, mm-hmm. am i a failure have i failed the process and as you said earlier on as well, the whole process itself had changed. We, we had wanted to do this vertical marathon and, and very quickly after a couple of days thought, we can't do that. <laughs> so so has the whole thing failed? You know, and that, that was hard to deal with. You know, and we had to reevaluate, reframe, reassess and, and then go again, you know. This is the, um, the one part on that film that I thought was pretty class and obviously I saw as, we, as you were going along, along with the uh, challenge, tracking it on social media, is when you bumped into Nick uh, doing the Munro challenge. Do you just want to yeah. go into that a little bit? Yeah, that was powerful. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something funny about that in a minute as well. That, that was that was powerful uh, uh, for, for both of us. Um, so Nick, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I think on Instagram he's at Nick Munro's Nick's Munro challenge. There's maybe some underscores in there, but quite easy to find, I think. He's a chap who's 80 years old, uh, and, and I think two, three years ago, his wife Janet. Uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um, he slowly started to lose her. She's she's still alive and, and, and uh, in a home being looked after and, and uh, obviously his relationship with her has, has changed dramatically and, and he found himself at a kind of a crossroads thinking, well, what am I going to do now? What, what do I do with my life? How do I, how do I carry on and not let this, let this swallow me up? So he, he decided uh, uh, that he would try and climb all the Monroes here in Scotland, uh, 238 of them, uh, as an 80-year-old, which is a big push, and you know, lots of people can't do that anyway, but it's a big push. And he said, actually, uh, 
little quote he came out with in the film. He says, and it might fail. I really, I like that a lot because he said that, mm. and it will probably fail, but at least it's something I'm going to start and something I'm going to put my mind to. Uh, it gave him a focus and then he could raise funds and money that would, that would uh, be drawn back in uh, directly for the care of, of those suffering with the same things as, as Janet was. So when we, uh, Fergus reached out to him a few weeks before we, we were due to go and said, would you, would you adjust your schedule or how is your schedule? Can you join us on Nevis? And they were delighted. His, his daughter manages the schedule and she, she said, yeah, yeah, please, because she looked at what we were doing. So we met him day seven. Uh, and uh, we, we summited with him. We, we'd been up already and come back down and kind of made a little bit of a, a spin at the bottom so that we could, we timed it just just perfectly, actually, a bit of luck, I think, really. The day was beautiful as well. The weather was astoundingly mm. gorgeous, you know. So we got there maybe 200 metres before the top uh, and met up with him, which allowed us to walk and talk with him, which was, was really inspiring, actually. Uh, and then we all summited together, the three of us. Well, I say three, and, and his family and, and uh, crew that he had with him. So there was actually, that day, a lot of our support team came with us as well. So there was a huge amount of us up there. Uh, and so when we when we summited, it was it was powerful because we knew his journey, we knew his story. Uh, and, and it spoke to ours as well, because he'd had that moment where he said, well, what am I going to do now? You know, how am I, how am I going to continue? Uh, and obviously, it's, it's extraordinarily poignant that he's he's had the frame by the idea that he's he's lost and not lost his wife. You know that's that's mm. uh, you know it's hard to hard to imagine, but he's he's taken that moment and said, "What can I do for the power of good?" And as and, and for, for, for the, as we were going up, we saw his his service to others. He was helping other people, talking to other people, and uh, every time he got the opportunity, he was a great salesman. He would stop people and say, "You know." I'm claiming this mountain as an eight-year-old. Here's here's a little business card. Can you can you put? In fact, even if you've got any money in your pocket, you know. He was, but he was drawing it right back to trying to help this charity every time, you know. And, and the whole thing just spoke to what we were speaking to. But after seven days up there, we were obviously tired and very emotional. So, so when we got to the top, it was actually it was, it was a good day for a couple of reasons. Talking about um, our relationship, we got we left him behind to talk to his wife for a little bit and pushed on up ahead. You know, five minutes together, just Fergus and I. He said, "I'm feeling really, really emotional, really emotional." And that, I think that's the first time he said that directly, uh, as opposed to me saying, "Are you all right?" Him saying, "No, oh, I feel a bit down." He volunteered that, which was key. Uh, and, and we had a chat about why that was, and it was because of Nick coming up, and because of the whole thing has just been tough. He was missing his missing Aaron and and, and, and things, you know. So we stopped for a second, uh, and, and I said to him. You know I love you, don't you? And he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I love you too." And and uh, we did a, a kind of a manly fist bump at that point, and then carried on. But that was that was uh, that was poignant for us. It was a moment for us. But then we got to the top, and we'd almost added more emotion for Fergus. So we got to the top, and, and obviously when Nick uh, uh, and and he summited together, all three of us, that uh, there was an outpouring there that was seen on the film. But the funny part of that was, um, uh, you know, they. Fergus had gotten emotional and uh, Nick had looked over and saw him getting emotional, saw the tears, and that made him cry. Yeah. And I stood between the two of them and, uh, <laughs> and didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I did not love that, to be honest. <laughs> I so I fucking just stubbed my toe on this thing. <laughs> 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 and he sandwiched like a heartless man between these two guys. And, it's a beautiful moment. It really was a beautiful moment, and uh, you know, I, I think it's, it was powerful for for for, for all three of us. Uh, it was certainly powerful for Fergus. I think that kind of made the whole thing 
it was a, a peak point for him in, in a good way. Mm. Yeah, like the the crying thing. Like I've never, I personally, as a me individually, I've never understood why people have a problem with it because if it's like men crying, like fucking who cares? You know, it, it's a it's a physiological response. It's your body does it for a reason. It doesn't do it for any other reason that yeah. something has happened inside you. It's built up whatever it is, the emotion, whatever, and it needs to get a release. And you always feel better afterwards. Always. Yeah. You never walk away from it going, well, that was fucking pointless. You know, any any negative feelings you put on yourself because you're like, well, I shouldn't be crying because I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be this. This is the character that I, I portray. And this character doesn't do that. And obviously that's bollocks. But learning that is, it's difficult for some people. Some people really struggle with it. But yes, I, I think people do struggle hard with that. Uh, I, I, I don't actually, never never have, maybe like you guys in that sense, I've always been, well, that, you know, I didn't even think of it as, as physiologically as, as you did. It's just like, well, there's, there's tears, that doesn't matter to me. Um, say say the same thing to our boys, you know, if, don't, don't, don't hide them, because you do this and try and hide it. Yeah. And the rest. You know, uh, uh, funny enough, I'm saying that, but then I think in the film it, it looks like I'm trying to hide it. <laughs> I don't want to dive it in, but yeah, don't don't, don't hide them. You know that they well, maybe I was going to say without getting too deep about it, but we might as well. It's yeah, uh, it shows some love, doesn't it? If you if you if you're going to be crying about something, it shows that there's something important and passionate mm-hmm. that, that in you. You know whether that be about pain or whether it be about joy or whatever. There's something something big that's happened there, and and it's outwardly shown. So I don't see. You know, removing that would be kind of a bit pointless. Just leave it there. So that's why I say it to the kids anyway, whether, yeah, I, whether I do it or not. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's logical. You know, it's ha- if it, it's not your body doesn't do things for their reason. If your body wants yeah. to cry, it's for a reason. So let's just have a cry, and oh, we're, we're good now. Let's crack on. You yeah. know what I mean? Hundred percent. Ben cries all the time, don't you, Ben? I sure do. Yeah. I actually, I have, I, I have my moments. I have my moments over just random shit. Um, but you know, it's kind of weird. It happens at different times, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's like your situation there. You, you may not have actually reacted exactly with them spontaneously with them, but that might catch up with you a little bit later when you reflect on it. Yeah, it, um, did, it did do, in fact, funny enough, yeah. It was just a funny moment on on, on camera. The, the cameraman that we had with us, a guy called Brody, um, who was there the whole time, mountain rescue chap as well, who, who proved actually very, very uh, useful in terms of advice and just became part of the team. Uh, I could see him looking over the camera going, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he, rubbing he an, rubbing an onion on your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stones at you, <laughs> Throwing stones at him. So, yeah, he wanted the scene, but it wasn't it wasn't coming. He'd, he'd also spent quite a fair amount of time uh, hoping that one of us would fall over for him, you know. That, yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's some way to live your life, isn't it? Going, oh, yeah, that is. I, I tell you what, I I uh I get emotional from um when I'm proud of something. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. and I think I know when when I've lost friends that I've I've uh, been on tour with, or and it was actually when I reflected back at their life, that I was actually I was emotional about how proud I was of them, yeah. as opposed to necessarily crying because of the loss. The loss is sad, but it was it was the pride that I actually you know I, I, I and I enjoy it. You know I I uh, quite agree. I, I I enjoy that release of of almost acknowledging. 
that individual or that reason for what you for what you do. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I think when Gaz used to cry when you used to have to come back to work to older shot on a Monday morning, I think that was a little bit of a different thing. <laughs> I never went was, home. <laughs> that was homesickness, Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking cried at our jumper. <laughs> uh, right. I'll t- tell you, mate, when I release this thing onto the group later, you'll be fucking crying. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, we're pretty much, uh, where are we? We've done, yeah, a bit longer than normal. Um, Johnny, have you got anything else you want to sort of add or feel that we haven't really gone over that you want to uh, talk about before we start to wrap up? Uh, no, no, I mean, I'm quite happy to answer any more questions, but I think it's, it's probably worth signposting that this was, uh, we did this under the, the banner of the November Foundation. Um, <laughs> you see some early footage of some uh, pretty pretty good looking moustaches on both of Fergus and I. I think he wears his better. I ended up looking uh, a little bit like a bit, bit uh, 70s Burt Reynolds. That, at least that was my take on it. That's a good look. That's a good look. <laughs> if you're Burt Reynolds, it is. Uh, and, uh, so, so, yeah, we, uh, we, we worked this uh, financially in the sense that we were trying to raise as much money as we could uh, for the Movember Foundation, who then ring fence a, a lot of the money that's coming through from uh, Fergus and I's uh, projects here uh, to uh, uh, projects that then raise awareness and, and, and look to kind of start these conversations, etc., and, and uh, look to forward this kind of process in order to um, better understand male suicide and and, uh, and prevent it. So mm-hmm. it's worth saying at this point uh, we're recording this. What is it? The I don't know what the date is. Seventh. Oh. Fourth. Fourth. Oh. Oh. Forward time. Wishing wishing the time away. So it's the fourth. Uh, and although, although November is done, uh, we can still receive uh, donations until the 14th. So okay. if people want to go on and they want to look at uh, either my Instagram, um, at Jonathan Payne, or, or Fergus's at Fergus Crawley, uh, both of us have links in our bio that will lead you to that kind of donation page. Mm-hmm. And also, if anybody's not seen it. Um, so I guess, yeah, uh, if we can signpost uh, the, the opportunity to, to keep that charitable income coming, uh, and keep that message out there, then, then yeah, I'm keen to do that. Yeah, man, we'll all do that. Yeah. Excellent. Cool, man. Well, this has been mega. It's one of those yeah, things really like good. that. We, we probably could have been, we could probably be here all morning, but we've got businesses to run, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Ben's got donuts. Oh, we've got cheese this morning, Ben. Cheese, yeah, che- cheese and meat Fridays, yeah. My God. <laughs> um, oh, no, Johnny, mate, I, I really enjoyed that, mate. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's a really refreshing outlook. Um, and I think, actually, it was nice to see what often um, this this old um, mental health thing, there's a lot of people, as, as we've talked about previously, jumping on the bandwagon. I think there's a lot of people who use it as their own label. They join yeah. organisations just to wallow in more self-pity to give them some form of justification. Um, and actually, it's nice to see people doing something really positive with it and having a really positive outlook as opposed to, I don't know, creating another void. It, it's, I, I really enjoyed today. I thought it was really good. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you, Ben. I think it's worth saying, you know, again, these kind of things talk about being trite or cliche, but it's true, uh, again, talking with Gaz when we were up in the mountain, Gaz Banford. The the opportunity, the, 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 the healing I've found uh, over time has been about service, about 
giving, you know, about trying to do something for others. And I think you're right. You're bang on the money, actually, when you say that there's a lot of uh, people out there using this kind of stuff as a little bit of a way to promote themselves to, you know, the social media things. Mm -hmm. And you see that and you can see when it's not really authentic. I hope you can. I mean, there's a flip side to that where, you know, if it, if it draws people in the right direction, then I'll, I'll, I'll power to them. But, you know, there's, uh, for what we're doing here, uh, and, and as we talked about it up there and talked about it together, it's important to us both, to Fergus and I, we've both been through these things directly, been through mental health struggles. Uh, and what I've gotten from this, the most powerful thing I've gotten from this is the opportunity to, to, to have these kind of conversations and the opportunity to maybe have people stop, think a little bit, and if that in turn has helped somebody's mental health or somebody's interaction with their own mental health, then and this this is where it gets trite. If it's helped one person, then it's been absolutely worth it. And the, the 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 feeling I get from that, you know, what I get from back from that, that that reward is huge. It's better than better than anything else I've ever done before. You can see fighters win, or you can see guys complete their their endurance event or their or their triathlon or whatever it is I might have been doing with them, which is awesome. Uh, but you know the message that we've had directly where, where one person has been helped it's, it's been absolutely worth it and I think that speaks to probably many many people's opportunity there is that if you if you have the chance to give out uh, uh, giving out helping others reaching out and, and being there for somebody uh, you get so much back from that as well and then it, it doubles up and it's just uh, uh, perpetually uh, uh, rewarding so uh, again I probably shouldn't keep apologizing for that being a trite kind of cliched message because but it's it's real and it's it's worthwhile doing. And we're here we're here now for, for that reason. We're all talking about it in order so we can get something out of it, help others. Luke's reached out uh, uh, to us and offered us a huge amount of help as uh, you know, Contact Coffee have been massively supportive of this. You know, these guys didn't need to do that. You don't you know, we weren't giving them any money. <laughs> so <laughs> so the the opportunity to, to help has been We've seen that everywhere. It's, it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it grows beautifully. So, again, thank you guys for, for having me on this because I think this this adds to it beautifully. Yeah, I did. I mean, That's we kind of, we're nearly going into something again here, but like service is something that unless you do it, you don't believe the benefits of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds, it's exactly like you say, it sounds trite or whatever, but like the reality is if you put volunteer, do something, put yourself behind the needs of others you you get good feeling from that it's a positive yeah. thing all around provided you don't take too much on some people do that too, too much but yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's alien to people who've never tried it but once you've tried it it becomes part of your character yeah 100 yeah come on man. okay well, dude god thank you enough it's been mega thank you luke also yeah, for yeah. thank you you know getting you on and your admin What's that, mate? Any yeah. admin? Squaring, squaring your admin away. Well, yeah, fair one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, okay. Johnny. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Wicked. Thanks very much. Best of luck, Johnny. All the best. Thank Cheers, you. lads. Thank See you. See you, you later, mate. Thank you. See you Bye. later. Bye.